Hello everyone, my name is Ryan Lacey and I'm from Game Time CT. I am joined by the pod father here at Hearst Connecticut Media, Pete Pablaga. Pete, thanks for joining me again. Ryan, thanks for having me. We're back with a second episode of Inside the Circle. We wanted to um, touch on all these semifinal and final games before they get played. Um, the season's ending on Friday and Saturday with the state final, so it's the most exciting time of the year, right Pete? Yeah, it's been a pretty crazy week. Um, it looked like we had some nice weather for a little bit, and, and then we didn't. Um, <laughs> but, you know, shout out to uh, the guys over at West Haven for getting that field ready um, to be able to get the L and double L uh, semifinals in the last two days. Um, obviously, M got moved. Um, and they're playing Thursday night, and S is playing tonight. We really wanted to get in and preview all the final games, but with championships being on Friday, starting on Friday, getting in Thursday was just really hard, um, especially because there was a semifinal Thursday night, so we knew we weren't going to be able to do it, so we figured we'd jump in today and kind of fresh off the L semifinals and double L uh, semifinals and really dive in. Absolutely, both those semifinals were insane, which we will get to, and it's only fitting that how the season started weather-wise that weather would rear its ugly head in the yeah. final week. So like Pete said, we'll touch on the S&M semifinals that are in the next day and two and look back at those L and double L semifinals, which were exciting for sure. So we will start in Class S, which takes place tonight at DeLuca, a doubleheader, Stafford and Wamogo, and then Holy Cross and Coventry. So what have you seen so far in this Class S tournament here, Pete? Um, you know, a few... You know, a few I guess, upsets or unexpected results. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I guess uh, ranking-wise, it's not really an upset, but Wamoko in the semifinals really stands out to me. Um, as everybody knows, I love the Berkshire League. Um, there's no, I'm not, not hiding that. I'm a big fan of the Berkshire League. But I was surprised that, uh, that Wamoko made it this far. Um, coming from the Berkshire League, it's not, you know, the most competitive league and, you know... You, 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 you know, when it gets to the state tournament, they start running into teams who come from stronger conferences. It makes it a little bit more difficult. But, right. I mean, obviously, we, I was wrong. Um, <laughs> Wimogo, 18 nothing. They beat Immaculate to open it. They beat Old Line 4 nothing from, you know, the ECC. And then this was, I mean, I had Hellray in the finals. Uh, I think you did too, or you had Yeah, them you the had semis. them winning. Um, I had Cogginshog winning, yeah. so both of our picks are already done at the, quarter, <laughs> at the quarterfinal stage. Yeah, so. but, I mean, shout-out to, to Wimogo trailing by two. In the um, trailing by two in the last inning against Hale Ray, and they came back and won. So, I mean, that's definitely something that has stood out to me immediately. I was like, oh, well, logo, here we go. Right. Uh, then over on the other side, I mean, Holy Cross being in the semis doesn't really surprise me. I'm surprised they beat St. Paul. Obviously, it was close the last time they played, it was uh, 6 5, but they came out, they were down 3 nothing, beat beat Holy Cross 7 nothing. Um, you know, but when you're in NVL school, a choice NVL school, playing in Class S, this is this shouldn't be a surprise that Holy Cross is in the semifinals. Uh, and we saw them earlier this year; uh, they were a competitive team. And then Coventry, Coventry's been good all year, and they've kind of cruised. Um, you know, they've allowed two runs the entire state tournament. So right, not this, bad. This shouldn't be a surprise to anybody either. Um, yeah, like you touched on there, Wamoga with the huge rally against Hale Ray, and this is going to be a theme for the rest of this podcast, how having a lead late in the game didn't necessarily mean that you were going to advance to the next round. Um, you summed everything up pretty well there. Um, Stafford, you know, coming out of the NCC all the way north, you know, on the border of Massachusetts, and they've outscored opponents 43 to nothing in their first three games of the state tournament. So, you know, we may have underestimated them, them being so far away, and sets up an interesting semifinal with Omogo. And then, like you said, the two choice schools 
unfortunately for them, running into each other in the quarterfinals, which is, I think, good for the other teams in Class S, right? So yeah. even, you know, just making the final itself would be an amazing achievement for these other three schools, Coventry, Omogo, or Stafford. So it's kind of cool to see those schools in the yeah, mix I mean, there. I think it's going to be nice. Stafford hasn't allowed a run. Yeah, 43 nothing. So wow. Not that's, bad. That's absolutely incredible. I think it's going to be fun if uh, – if Stafford could get to the finals, I think it would be nice for them to be able to put on a display for everyone. You know, everyone's going to be there, and this is where they really can try. You know, we saw that, and I'm going to jump back to hockey. Um, it was two years ago. It, it might have been three years ago. The year before Woodstock won the finals, and they played Staples in the semifinals. Yes. And everybody there was like, who would, no one had seen Woodstock that year. Was, Who's this Woodstock team? Who's this Woodstock team? Staples won in, I think it was double overtime or it was overtime. Yes. Uh, they scored the game winner, but it was like a 7-6 game. Yep. Eight, it, was, it was crazy. I was and it was also. a sign of things to come because then Woodstock came back next year and blew through Division Three and won right. the title. Right. But uh, I think, you know, Stafford could get to the finals. I think this will be a real show, a uh, real you know, time for them to really shine and show the state what they're really made of. And like you said, with everyone being there, I noticed in the few times that I've covered the Berkshire League, those fans are pretty excited whenever their teams do well. Just to jump over to baseball real quickly, with Chapag making the baseball semifinals, it was I, I covered their quarterfinal win over Somers, and it was the biggest crowd of any sporting event I covered this spring. In any sport, any class, it was incredible to see. So, you know, I'm sure Wilmogos fans are excited for their trip to DeLuca tonight, you know, yep. to take on Stafford, and we'll see what happens there. Is there anything else you want to touch on before we move up to uh, the most fun class? No, I mean, that's, I, think we, I think we touched on a lot. Awesome. So, yeah, tomorrow is uh, the Class M semifinals at, also at DeLuca. Um, we have St. Joseph against Granby in the 4 o'clock game, and then North Brantford and Griswold in the 7 o'clock game. Two intriguing matchups for many, many reasons. So what sticks out to you so far in this tournament, and what do you see in you know for these two semifinal matchups? I mean, Granby, I think, is the one surprise that everybody sees. I don't think anybody is shocked that St. Joe's beat Northwestern. Right. I don't think that surprised anybody. St. Joe's coming from the SEAC, being a choice school in Class S, this is not a surprise. This is not, oh, my God, a nine seeds in the semifinals. No, of course, yeah. You know, but I think Granby beating Seymour was the big one. They came back to win. Seymour took the lead late. Um, I don't think anybody saw that coming. Um, I mean, I, I was, I'm not, I wasn't, you know, it's just, it was very surprising. Yeah. Uh, and it's not a knock on Granby. You just don't hear a lot about them. You know, there's not a lot of media coverage up there. So unless you go up there, you really don't get to see them. And I think a, I think a lot of us took, um, you know, kind of under, didn't really give them enough credit. And they really showed it. And I thought Seymour is the best team that I've seen all year. Uh, I thought they were the best team. And uh, obviously, Granby proved otherwise. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, I thought that was really surprising. I mean, uh, Kari Marks, um, you know, she, um, she pitched well. For Granby, when you have a pitcher, she struck out 11 batters. You know, shout out to Kyle Brennan of the Republican American. He covered this game, friend of the program. But he struck out 11 batters in that Seymour lineup. And that's just potent Seymour lineup that we talked about a lot last week. So I, that really just stands out to me as just such a surprise that, you know, I was really thinking we were going to get St. Joe's, Seymour, North Brantford, Griswold, and we got three out of those four teams. Yep, those, if that was the case, both of those would have been matchups from last year. But like you said, Granby with the the upset, I guess, would be a fair word to describe I it. I think it is. The two teams combined for nine errors, which is an interesting you know, thing you don't see too often in softball. Seymour had three errors in the fifth inning that led to Granby's two runs that gave him the lead for good. So I'm sure 
they'll look, you know, at that. Seymour will look at that and think, oh, no, we really let an opportunity get away from here. But the fact that Granby only allowed two runs to what could have been one of the best lineups in the state is a tremendous accomplishment. Yeah. Congratulations to Marks and their, their whole team for pulling off that upset. It does open, you know, the discussion for the competition that these teams face during the regular season. You know, yeah. if Seymour can mash, mash, mash all year and then they run into a a, you know, a good pitcher and a good team, things can change in our Yeah, rate. oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, we were just talking about S. You have Holy Cross and St. Paul there from the NVL, and Seymour had their way with them. I mean, St. Paul beat them. Seymour absolutely crushed them in the NVL finals and beat them in the, at the end of the regular season. Um, we saw Seymour against Holy Cross. It was a weird game, a lot of walks, but Seymour was able to hit past it. I, I mean, if we're, I, I don't know what else the NCCC has to offer <laughs> right. in terms of softball, but when you have a pitcher like that, like Kari Marks, you know, you can beat anybody. Yep. And that, I think if you go to the, the next uh, semifinal bracket in North Brantford and Griswold, when we talk about North Brantford, have the same thing. Right. Yeah, Granby won the NCC tournament rather easily with a 9-1 in the final, and Stafford, you know, another team in that league, reached the semifinal. So obviously a good showing for them in the tournament. But, yeah, moving on to North Brantford and Griswold, a rematch of last year's, you know, Class M playoff game and a rematch of this year's game during the regular season that North Brantford won 2-1. Obviously could have went either way. Griswold had a couple hard-hit balls in that game that just didn't go down, but obviously a pitcher's duel is to be expected tomorrow between Maya Waldron and Sydney Sinertia. That seems like that's the way it will probably go. Yeah, I mean, I, I this is obviously is the matchup that everybody wanted to see. Um, you know, you could argue this is a championship matchup. Uh, we're lucky enough we're going to be able to see that in the semifinals. I, this one's a toss-up. This one's as big as a toss-up as you're going to get. Um, this is the, the rematch. They played very well during the regular season against each other. And, uh, you know, you could argue the winner of this game is going to win the whole thing. Yeah. But now when you have St. Joe's across the bracket, <laughs> um, I think, you know, I, if you're looking at these top four, and I would, you know, love to say that it's either going to be North Brantford or Griswold. But when you have St. Joe's or Crying, I'm not ruling out Granby. Right. But when you have that, that school from the SCAC looming, possibly, that's a hard game for anybody. It is. It really is. It's a tough <laughs> You know, it's a tough potential final matchup to look at. And especially for a team like North Brantford that has the senior pitcher that's on fire. I guess both of these teams, you know, they're in that boat. Sorry, not no respect, disrespect to Griswold. They have that experienced senior pitcher that they have to feel like this is our chance to win a state championship. And, you know, if St. Joseph's in the final, that's going to be a tough a tough ask. But Yeah, they, to, and they seem like they, they're, they're a good group, uh, the girls from North Brantford. Oh, yeah, they absolutely. Like they have a lot of fun. Um, and they seem like a good group. Look, they've won four conference championships in four years uh, with their with their four seniors, uh, Sydney, uh, Lexi Hemstock. You know, they they, they they know what it takes to win, and yeah. they were there last year. But you're looking at a Griswold team that lost to them this year and is going to want to beat them. They're not going to want to, you know, lose to them again. Yep. Two conference champions, two teams that are, you know, playing so well. Um, you know, they – Griswold shut down two SEC teams to get here, so that's you know a good feather in their cap, beating East Haven and Sheehan. Sheehan, a team you know a lot of people were high on heading into the tournament. Yep. So, and North Brantford, I mean Sydney Sinertia throwing three straight shutouts in this tournament just yeah, shows I mean, what talent. And look at their run. I, you know they got to figure out. It took them against Hellrag to get their hitting going late. They scored six runs against Woodland. 
Um, they scored eight runs against Waterford in the quarterfinals. But in the second round, took eight innings to score one run, yes. and they just got by Ellington. So what lineup is going to show up for North Bradford? Yeah, that's why I feel that it's definitely going to be a pitching matchup, and runs are going to be at a premium for both teams. Yeah, but they're going to want to whoever. I think we're, I think we're going to see a lot of bunch. Yeah. We're going to see a lot of uh, aggressive base running early. We're going to. I think we're going to see one of the teams try and get the other team to make a mistake early, and they're going to have to capitalize. Right. Speaking of mistakes, and this is just this is how this is what happens when you win championships, or, or you know when you get to the playoffs. I, I mean, we were both at the hand Brookfield game last night. We're jumping to Class L because that was a perfect segue. <laughs> Absolutely, good, good, good job by I you. I was very impressed with myself <laughs> how that actually played out. It was a clean game until that until fatal that flaw. That's the thing. So hand what was hand up five to two at one point. Yeah, they were up five two heading into the top of the six. Brookfield gets a humongous clutch two out single from Avery Katz to pull with to within five four. Brookfield, you know, retires the side in the sixth, and then heading to the top of the seventh. Kara Ledden has a one out double, which is followed by a RPI single from Ali Fitzgerald that somehow turns into a run. <laughs> so basically, I mean, if you guys haven't seen the video yet, I, I recommend you go on GameTimeCT.com. Um, you know, we have it. It was, as it happened, it was just so weird. So Ali takes for second because the throw went home. Yes. Which is the right thing to do. Yeah. Hand then throws the ball to second base. And it goes over the second baseman's head. Now, the center fielder was originally in because she had made the original play on the base hit to throw the ball in. So her body, ca- her her throw carried her. Yeah, and the center fielder. The, the center fielder is only a couple feet behind yeah, second baseman. Because her throw brought her. She threw it home. Yeah. She was close. She didn't expect. And she turns around, and the ball is 30 feet past her. Yeah, so she has to go run and just kept rolling. And Allie doesn't stop. I mean, she got up quickly after her slide. And she just took off for third. Coach sends her. All of a sudden, it's 6-5 yeah. in a blink of an eye. I mean, that was unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. I had someone text me, and they're like, and we're going to talk about this this uh, comeback win, too. They're like, which one was better, Brookfield or Amity? And I, we'll talk about that later right. when we when we talk about what happened at the Amity game. But Hand was in control for six and a third innings or whatever. I mean, that was unbelievable. And, and Carol Lennon, you know, she went four for four. She had two RBIs, uh, two runs scored or a run scored. I mean, she played unbelievable. Yep, she was in my players to watch heading in the tournament, so I was glad to see that happen. But, um, <laughs> yeah, just... It was just what Brookfield's done all season. Their their bats are so good. Their their one through three hitters are all sophomores. So that's obviously a good sign for and them. And then and Coach Castellano said to us last night, uh, you know, a lot of people forget that you know Brookfield, you know, they had the tornado go through. They didn't have school for a week, and uh, I think they're playing for a lot more than just their school. Because I'm not gonna lie, I know they were the three seed. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, to be honest, I didn't have them. Going to the semifinals. No, me um, I, I mean, you and I both like Joel Barlow a yeah, lot. Yeah, absolutely. And they were meet, They had a possibility to meet them in the quarterfinals, but Barlow got upset by Lyman Hall. Yep. But, um, you know, Brookfield's playing for a lot more than just their school. And I think that's something that can't be matched in no matter how hard you, the opposing team wants to cheer or this and this playing for your town is something that, you know, is, is special. Yeah. And uh, I think they have a little bit extra motivation behind them this season. And 
you've got a WSWC uh, matchup in the finals, which yeah. is right up your alley. Yeah, so it definitely feels that way that they're they're a little extra galvanized and that they've they're definitely playing their best at the right time because, like you said, right after that storm, they got upset by Barlow in the SWC quarterfinals. And I think the reason why we both like Barlow is because they're typically the type of team that makes deep runs in postseason, yep. like pitching, defense. They do it in every sport. Grind, you know, grind out a run or two and. I think these playoffs in general, the, the bats are ahead of the arms for yeah. the most part. You know, as we go through the rest of these games, we'll kind of see that. But so yeah, Brook, you know, Brookfield's offense, they, you know, they carried them, and it's just an incredible accomplishment. Their first state final, their second state final ever, their first state final since 2000 when they won it. They're just a, a you know talented group, and they will meet another very talented you know SWC squad in Massic. You know, undefeated SWC champs. They've rolled their way through these playoffs somewhat predictably, you know, crushing Sacred Heart, Farmington, and Law last night, which you saw. And just they're also peaking at the right time. So this, this will be an interesting matchup. Just one uh, question for you is, you know, what impressed you about Massic last, you know, yesterday against Law? Their lineup. Uh, obviously, yeah, they only allowed two runs. Uh, I think Law with, had a great run. Uh, beating North Haven in the second round was huge. The SEC champions of their own conference. Yep. Uh, then they beat Naugatuck. I think Law, you know, you could even tell after the game, like they were disappointed that they lost because they wanted to go to the finals, but they were so happy to be there. Yeah. And and they really relished their run, and they should. They should be very much applauded for their run. It was pretty incredible. But they ran into the number one team in the state. And, you know, with such a storied program in Masic, that said, Masic's lineup is unbelievable. They hit the ball hard all the time. Yeah. I mean, every ball. Megan McFarlane almost killed an umpire. <laughs> I mean, she, she hit a rocket right down the first baseline. He turned quickly and got him right in the back, but, like, he looked like he was hurt. And then the next pitch she took right down the line base hit. I mean, they hit the ball hard. Every time out, and I mean, they sportsmanship is nice and it's appreciated. And you know, I'm not saying that this this wasn't unsportsman. This I appreciated this as someone who likes sports. They were up six to two. The game's in hand. You know, Law hadn't scored since like the second inning. Right. They were cruising. They come out in the in the bottom of the sixth and they put up eight runs. You know what I mean? Like they weren't stopping. Yeah. They're not satisfied. And you can look at it whichever way you want to look at it, but I look at it, this is a team that's not satisfied. This is a team that wants to win a championship. I don't know when the last time Massive was hasn't won, uh, won a championship. I know it hasn't been um, as recent as they would like it to be. Yeah. And they want to win a title. They want to prove they're the number one team. We talked about Class L, and so we're not the only people who said this, but Class L did not jump out as the strongest bracket. You know, there's not the dominating pitching across like there is an M. You know, but they went out and they're and they're playing for pride and they 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 came out in the in the sixth inning and put up eight runs. Yeah. I mean they, yeah, that was impressive and they could hit and they just that whole lineup one through nine or ten, uh, whatever however it goes is super impressive and I am a big fan <laughs> of the Master Panthers because they foot on the gas, no stopping. You know that it's look when it's this late in the season. It's very. It's st- if you're them, you're happy that uh, that they're doing it. If you have to play them, you are not very pleased about that. Yeah. Their offense is laser focused. They're twenty six and zero this season, so obviously have to be pretty talented to put up that many wins without defeat. 
They're out for their first day title since 2013, which seems very long ago for a team right? that's always so amazing. So. Yeah, so I to, look at that. Look at that. So there, no one on that team has ever won a state title. Yeah. Which is surprising. Yeah. And we looked at this bracket before the tournament, and we realized that Massic, they're the best team. They honestly should win the tournament. They are the best team. And they've proved that so far by crushing every team they faced. So Brookville has a tough task ahead of them. That said, their matchup during the regular season was competitive, and Brookfield was one of the first, if only, teams to hit Massac all season. So that's they have that going for them. They Massac won 6-4. Brookfield had the lead 3-2 after three innings, and Massac was forced into a pitching change. Sheevy started the game, and Brookfield was, was hitting the ball pretty hard, and they brought in Prosick, and that was that. <laughs> Massac rallied. McFarland had a played a big part in that rally, and Massick strung together some hits to sort of avoid the upset. But I think if you're Brookfield, the way you're playing now, plus that experience from the regular season, you got to at least think you have a puncher's chance of pulling this off. Well, if you get to the finals, it doesn't matter what your ranking is or what, you know, what seed you were in the playoffs or what happened in the regular season. Anything can happen. We've seen, we've seen crazier things. We've seen crazier things happen than a three beating a one. Yeah, yeah. Of course. So, uh, like you said, they have a puncher's chance. They have look. They could hit. They what, what coach said. He said that yesterday. He's like, look, we could hit points and scoreboard because we had thirteen hits yeah. yesterday. And um, I mean, they can hit. I look those. Even the double L says uh, semifinals. There was not one. You know, regular. You know, normal softball game where it was <laughs> two to one, three to two. These games were a lot of runs, a lot of base hits, no quit. No team was really ever out of it. Until late, so you know. At this point, I'm flipping a coin. I'm yeah. flipping a coin in L, and I'm flipping a coin in double L because you're there. Anything can happen. Yeah. So Massing and Burke will be playing Friday night at seven o'clock at West Haven, and we will move on to double L, which has has produced some wild games to say the very least. And you were at both semifinals on Monday. Yes. Uh, first Amity rallying. Southington, and they will meet Trumbull, who also, a, a mini rally past Cheshire. They were down a run, but just the back and forth game between those two schools, and Cheshire had an amazing rally to get to the semifinals that I'll, you know, we'll touch on in a sec. But what do you think about Amity and Trumbull? Trumbull's second straight final appearance. Amity, you know, representing the SEC with the big upset over Southington. What what jumps so, out? Just jumps out Amity. Amity just jumps out. Look, you're playing Southington, and Tara Zazaro was pitching unbelievable. We were like, you know, we're talking like, oh, she hasn't allowed a hit. Like, you know, Amity didn't get their first hit till you know, like the third or fourth inning, and they're down five to one, and suddenly just in cruise control, and uh, here comes Amity. And you know, every year, every all year, everyone's saying Amity can hit, Amity can hit, Amity can hit. Amity's lost five games this year, including this uh, conference tour- tour- tournament. Right. I've been there for. Four of them, I'm pretty sure. I've seen them lose to Cheshire. I've seen them lose to Hand. Um, and then I've seen them lose to Cheshire twice. So I'm sure you'll be welcomed at the final on Saturday. Yes, probably. probably. <laughs> it was... <laughs> so, again, Southington... Uh, and I just haven't seen that Cheshire team. Oh, they could hit, they could hit, they could hit. Uh, this Amity team that could hit, that could hit, that could hit, that could hit. And all of a sudden, it started in the, in the top of the seventh... And it was just base hit, extra base, base hit. And they just slowly pieced it together. And there were times where Carrizaro had two strikes on a batter. 
and she struck out a handful of guys, uh, players that night, uh, that after uh, that night. Anyway, so you're like, all right, yeah, they got one. Oh, then they got two. Then it was five to three. This was the play. Honestly, this was play. And Mike Madera, you know, sums it up perfectly in his story. It was uh, Amity Jr. Elizabeth Brownfield. So earlier in the game, Amity's got first and second nobody out. And they're kind of threatening here. I think it was 4-1 to one at that point. They're kind of threatening here. Here we go. Fly ball to, um, to center field. Normal fly ball. And for some reason, Brownfield just takes off for third. And she gets doubled up. And you're like, that's, that's it. That, that, that has to be it. There's no way they're going to be able to come back from that. You know, this was their shot. And, you know, Southington gets out of the inning unscathed, you know, the whole thing. So Elizabeth comes up with, I think they're down one. And this had to be like an 11 pitch at bat. Foul ball after foul ball after foul ball after foul ball, all with two outs, all with two strikes. This is the nine hitter in the lineup. Foul ball, foul ball, foul ball, foul ball. Finally, nice little oppo to left field. Base hit. Runner scores. All of a sudden, they're down one, and the lineup flips yeah. to the top of the order. Nicole Koshish com- com- comes up. She battles. She battles in a great at-bat. Grounds out to first. Ball gets under the glove. Elizabeth comes all the way around, and they're tied. Just like that. Blink of an eye. Then Danny comes up and hits a freaking rocket. Now, thank God Carazazar was okay. The line drive hit her in the chest. Ball popped down. She went to go pick it up to try and get Danny out to you know send the game to the bottom of the ninth. Tied. She kind of tries to shuffle it, throws it past her first baseman. Nicole does not stop <laughs> at all. You know, you watch the video. She she hits second. She keeps going. Right. She comes all the way around. She scores. They take the lead, and then Amity puts him down one two three in the in the seventh with the freshman Pritchard who came on in relief in the middle of the game. Yeah, that's something they've done all season. You know, they've had to mix and match their pitchers sometimes when they, you know, in games they've given up a lot of runs or they're trying to change the pace of the game. So, you know, for her to come in like that and shut the door is obviously an unsung part of they, their rally. Which they have, they have three good pitchers. They, you know, Grace is good, Abby's good, and 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 Pritchard's good. And like you said, they bring them in, they change the game, they try to, you know, shake things up. But you know, it, it was just such a, and it all happened so fast. You know what I mean? The game just turned like that. And uh, Amity's going to the finals. Yeah, that's a heartbreaking loss for Southington. <laughs> that's probably the only way you could put it. Yep. I mean, they would have liked their chances, you know, had they survived there. I think it's a yeah, fair I statement. Yeah, I think they wanted another shot at Trump. Yeah. Or Cheshire. I mean, look, Southington and Cheshire are rivals. They met in the semifinals last year. Southington beat Cheshire in a weird game, just like this Amity-Southington game. Southington was on the other end of it this year. I really think Southington wanted their shot. At Trumbull and Cheshire, or Cheshire, um, the defending champs came back, beat Cheshire, and they're in the finals with a shot to repeat. Yeah, so Amity's out for their first title since 2012, which isn't that long, and Trumbull, the defending champions, and just an, another great game. And that's the thing. Sometimes these games come down to the, the craziest of stuff, but it's more of a byproduct of the teams being so evenly matched. You know, Like you said, at some point... Amity's bats, they more likely than not they were going to come live, even though they were going up against a great pitcher. They have such a great offense that sometimes when your back's against the wall, that's when it produces the most. And that six-five score again came came out when uh, Trumbull edged Cheshire. And you know, like we said before, you were at that one too. So you know, 
what it, what jumped out to you about that game and the Eagles making their second straight final? Well, you know, I, I've seen Cheshire a couple of times this year. I haven't seen Trumbull since the finals last year. Um, I, I thought it was it was pretty crazy early on. There was a lot of close calls uh, that did not go Cheshire's way. Um, I mean, they were close calls. They were the right calls, but they did not go, yeah. you know, Trumbull's way. And you kind of could see the tide turning. Um, but right off the bat, Cheshire goes out and puts up two early against um, uh, Mackenzie Brugerman. She's a freshman, by the way. I did not know that until yes, after yes. the game, which is wild. Very impressive. So Cheshire goes out and puts up two sweat, and you're like, all right, here we go. Here comes Cheshire. No. Trumbull goes out and puts up a four spot on Natalie, who's been pitching great all year for Cheshire, and all of a sudden it's 42 Trumbull. Uh, Cheshire comes back at three, takes the lead. Then the next inning, or two innings later, uh, no, the next inning, they're Trumbull's next at bat. They go, they get, they get the, uh, they get the two out, two run triple by Maggie Coffin, gives them the lead six to four, and and. Um, and they, and they got the win, you know. And, you know, shout out to Emily Gell. Uh, she came in. She's thrown on, like, a, a hairline fracture in her foot. She comes in and shuts the door again. Um, it's just incredible. Yeah, tr- you know, that's a that's a hurdle to overcome if you're Trumbull, you know, losing your starting pitcher in, in states like this. You know, having a, they've had a couple close calls as a result of that. They've had to bring in Gell a couple times to nail down wins, and it's a great, you know, team effort between the two pitchers to – sort of piece this together you know they had a rally past Middletown in the second round you know just to even make the quarterfinals and that'll that'll tend to happen in these tournaments you'll have your one moment where you need to fight through adversity if you're going to make through runs and Trumbull's had to fight through a couple uh, of moments of adversity to make it this far which is just a testament to their team they're just so well coached you know just a just a great team and the class double final will have two great teams <laughs> what a surprise you know? yeah I know right <laughs> so you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And just a just a shout-out to Cheshire, you know, for another great run through states. They're always in this Final Four, it seems. And just a, just they're on the wrong side of the breaks. That's really the only difference between these sort of teams. And Cheshire had to rally from a 6-2 deficit to beat NFA in the quarterfinals to make it this far. So sometimes, you know, if you're on, sometimes you're on the good side of it, sometimes you're on the bad side of it. So. Yeah. Is there any other... Anything else you want to touch on on the way out the door here? We have our f- two finals matchups, Massick and Brookfield in Class L, Amity and Trumbull in Class Double L, and we will know our final matchups for M&S after Thursday. So anything else you wanted to touch on? No, I just think that it's been a great tournament so far. Um, you know, hopefully the weather holds, and, uh, you know, we'll have a little bit of... Uh have a little bit of fun in the in the championships. We got some great matchups. We have those semifinals that are finishing up today and uh, Wednesday and Thursday, and uh, I think it's going to be a nice cap on on what's been a pretty crazy year, yep. but uh, but a lot of fun nonetheless. Yeah, absolutely. If the finals are anything like the semifinals, they'll be a treat for sure. Yeah, exactly. So thanks for everyone for listening, and um, we'll catch you after the tournaments with our recap of the season and our final top ten poll. So thanks a lot. Later.